You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, it's Bernadette Jansen, and before we get into this episode, I need to remind you that the information in this podcast is general in nature and opinion only. It should not be taken as personal advice. There are significant risks with buying and renovating property, and you should maximize your uh, profit potential and minimize your risk by seeking independent advice that relates to your personal circumstances through your own financial planner, accountant, and any other professionals that you are working with. The examples in this podcast are for illustrative purposes only. Hello, it's Bernadette back with She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to create an income and a life they love through renovating. And today I have a special guest in my friend and awesome, awesome mortgage broker, Louise <laughs> Lucas. Louise has the business which is called the Property Education Company and she is a crack mortgage broker. Is that the right word? Uh, awesome. I don't know if cracked up or cracked is good. I'm not sure. But either way, we give it a crack every time. Yeah. So there you go, Bernadette. Yeah. So there you go. So welcome, Louise. Thank you. Delighted to be here with you. Oh, so much fun. That. Yes. We um, love talking property, Bernadette, don't we? So <laughs> this, this is dead easy. <laughs> yeah, of course. And um, so how's your week been? Oh, my gosh. Well, anyone who was holding back, and we didn't have many holding back prior to the election, but by God, they've certainly woken up since. It's absolutely well, frantic. That is awesome. Yep. And so, okay, well, I'll get into how, what the state of play is with finance in a minute. I better not get too carried away. So my first question is, and everyone gets the same question. Right. So give us a bit of background on your property journey. Delighted. Well, my parents were very much into buying property and renovating and or selling. <laughs> in fact, they were once, we were once driving around on a Saturday morning in a small street down here in Melbourne and Dad pulled up, heard an auction going on on the other side of the road and lent his hand out the window and said, that's going cheap, I'll buy it, and put his head up and bid and won it. Oh, which, you're joking. And they said sold to the man in the car, yeah. which was absolutely hilarious. And then he goes, he's going, be quiet, kids. I've got to go and have a look at this. So they were very keen on property from an early age. My God. A great experience. And Dad used to say to me, gosh, if I'd had realised how I could borrow and leverage, I, I would have done a lot more earlier. And it, that maybe was the taste to get me into finance later on. But anyway, but when I married, my husband had a couple of properties and we bought and sold, renovated, uh, done Dulox, done three on a block, bought houses, you know, um, lifted old Queenslanders onto sites and, you know, split blocks and done all sorts of things since. So I have had a vast and, and long property experience. So I, a lot, so much I've learned the hard way, Bernadette. That's why I love talking about it now because I don't want people to make the mistakes I've made. 
Yeah, we're both in that, in that um, you know, bucket, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> it's unfortunate for us, but fortunate for the people we work with now. That's so true. Yeah. And I love, I say to people, I didn't wake up knowing all of this stuff. I actually learned it. And that's why I love talking about it because I can give them the benefit of it. So it's really good. Exactly. So that sort of was what got you into your business. Do you want to just tell us really quickly what you do in your business just so we can... Yeah, well, our primary role is mortgage broking, but we do help people guide them through making offers and getting them to buy. We also, we've had an online course and I'm about to relaunch it on how to buy a property just to give people the nuts and bolts of, you know, how much deposit do you need? What are the actual steps to buy? And so it's very practical, very hands-on. We are the, the entry level for investors and for uh, first home buyers. So we try to help people who've never really been told and they're asking their parents and the butcher, the baker, and they're getting all sorts of wrong information from lots of people. And then they sort of come back to us and go, look, we just want to cut through the crap, dare I say, and get get a straight answer. Can you please help us? Yes. Yeah, so that's what we primarily do. Great. Excellent. And of course you did were amazing in helping our eldest daughter, Hannah, get her... Oh, gosh. If they were all as easy as the gorgeous Hannah. <laughs> I would say it was her first loan, but it wasn't. It was her second, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, she's a delightful person and easy and super responsive, very organised, but naturally she comes from you, so that makes yes, sense. That's from another not. <laughs> I, I couldn't comment on her father, but another I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So tell me, what's the state of play in terms of money at the moment? In well, it's interesting. I've just been today at the um, MFAA, the Mortgage and Finance Association of Australia's uh, conference in Melbourne, and it, they're going into bat about um, lending uh, and living expenses, which has been the big agony for people who are dealing with broking at the moment. They're trawling through people, the last three months at least, of your living expenses. So be warned, people. Have a look at your average spend for the last three months in your savings account, the accounts that your pays go into and any credit cards, and see how much you're actually spending because the... The, this is what we say. Today they were laughing and saying, well, you know, how many Uber Eats have you done in the last month? And what a load of nonsense it is that lenders are actually getting into this and, and asking. It's such an impertinence, really. It, it, you, would, you would mind less if people were out there defaulting madly, but they're not. So I believe uh, with the assessment rates changing, hopefully this month, APRA have said they will no longer mandate that people have to use assessment rates over 7%. And the majors always use 7.25, so they're always a 0.25 higher. They actually say they're going to reduce that and it's out for discussion at the moment. One of the lenders came back today and they've reduced to 7%, but we suspect it's going to go lower. So. We're hoping that that will make a huge difference in the amount that people can borrow. And it just is common sense, you know? There's no point charging people 3.49 on an actual home loan and then expecting them to service at 7.25. You know, a 2.5% buffer or a 2% buffer is clearly plenty of room. And that's what it always was. And then it got, you know, during the GFC and post that period, God, I sound old when I start talking like this, but... <laughs> 
during that period, then all these little rules snuck into the system to try and make it and limit um, the damage. And that's what we've ended up with, this very complicated, over-regulated area, in my view, but anyway. So we're hoping that with the change in assessment rates, things are going to loosen up dramatically. Louise, can I just jump in there for a minute? For, yeah. uh, for the newbies uh, that might be listening, can you just uh, explain that terminology, assessment rate? Sure. So when people apply for loan, the bank actually tests your interest rate. Instead of, say, you're paying 4%, they're automatically testing you at 7.25. So if people go, if they're told by anyone that they can't service a loan, it has to do with that assessment rate, that they're testing your, your repayment ability against a loan with a repayment of 7.25, which is quite dramatically different to the 4% you're currently paying. So it's a huge extra buffer or security blanket in the system for the lenders. Yeah. Now, we understand they need to have a buffer, absolutely common sense, but to have such a, a high buffer, it seems like it needs time. To, it's time to move it down. And we're hoping that this June, now the election's over, the RBA have had one rate cut, we're hoping this will be the next trigger to move things along in lending. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And so, sorry, in, in terms of the, um, the living expenses, do you think that that's going to relax as well? I think it will become more streamlined. Well, that's what we're hoping. You can't have one lender saying, oh, you know, what size dog do you have? To someone else saying, oh, look, that just looks fine. <laughs> you know? Okay, okay. So It's, it's just like, it's ridiculous and out of hand, you know? Yeah. And you've got to trawl through and pick every item and give an average for, you know, three months and say, right, well, you know, if, if they choose to spend this... What are they actually, if, if they get it, if they're already paying too, this is the crazy thing. If someone's already got a loan, they're already paying it, say, at 5% interest rate, and we want to refinance them for three and a half, and they go, oh, their living expenses are too high. Well, seriously, they're already paying one and a half higher than you're going to charge them. It's like it's, they're already managing. But what they are looking for is can you pay your repayment plus possibly leave something in your account? So... People have been, some people we get a, a crazy slack with their accounts and maybe run it in a negative occasionally, just get overdrawn because they go, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be paid in a couple of days or whatever. Do not do that before you go for a loan. The other thing that I must warn people they're looking for is online betting or gambling of any sort. Just rule out that behaviour for three months before you go for a loan. It's dangerous behaviour and banks don't want to see it. So be very warned about that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of interest rates, where do you think they're heading? I think they're going to stabilise now. I personally don't see, if we get this change in the assessment rate, Bernadette, I don't see why they, hopefully we're not such a stuffed economy that it has to go lower mm. and that they think it'll make, because that leaves them almost nothing in the tank. So should the world economy falter? So you're hoping that they won't feel obliged to, reduce rates again and that things will start to pick up and that this last rate cut will actually trigger a, a reversal and people we will become more confident and positive, start spending again, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. So what, what's your view? What do you think? I mean, um, there's no crystal ball, who knows? But I just feel that the assessment rate is, and that change is so profound. If I can change 
the way people borrow, they'll be able to, that'll increase things in property, which is such a fundamental part of our economy. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I really don't know, and, and I, I'm with you, I don't think anyone really knows. I've sort of felt that there's been one coming for ages and I was surprised that they didn't do it closer to Christmas. So mm. now that we've got it, yeah, I hope it doesn't go any further down. Let things pick up and so the economy gets better and so that we don't need it. And yeah. people don't realise when interest rates are going up, they go, oh, my God, interest rates are going up. But that generally means property prices are going up. Yeah. So yeah. there's sort of a swings and roundabouts. It's not a bad thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the, and the market in Melbourne, that's still pretty in the doldrums? No, we'll see you say, but we don't see that as... A lot of our first-home buyer clients are out there competing very vigorously in the five to 700 mark, and it's hard. Yeah. They're really competing, you know, yeah. to get property. So they're getting them, but they're working for it. So I don't think it's quite as dramatic as they think. Now, generally, the top end is what drops first, and they're the ones bleating and crying. But I don't see in the lower end of the market, it's, it's nowhere near the problems. I, I, there's no way they're gone down 20%. No way. No, no. In terms of renovating, oh, no, firstly, before we get to that, what do you see as being the value that you bring to a client as a broker as opposed to... Actually, I'll, I'll step back a step. We've just done a survey. Well, we did it a while ago, but I've just had the report done on it. Oh, and right. What it said was, we mainly surveyed women in property, that women prefer to use a broker as opposed to bank to the tune of two to one. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting given the whole carry-on after the Royal Commission. and I think the Royal Commission in the end did us a power of good because anyone who didn't understand what a broker did was now getting involved in having that conversation. And a lot more clients were actually recommending their friends because they're going, are you crazy? Why would you go to a bank? And the other thing is I think the banks have left themselves open with their branch staff who previously might have had some uh, unwritten authority to approve things, now can't. And now they have to have a much more rigorous credit checks, et cetera, because they've all been scared by what's happened by the Royal Commission. Yeah. Brokers have already been in that space. We've been working with the rules in place for years. There's no escape from that for us. And so we understand, well, people have come to me who go, oh, but I've always banked with so-and-so and they've just refused me a loan. And I'm getting that all the time at the moment. And I go, there's no way they, they should refuse you a loan. It's just because you're with the wrong bank for you at this time. And that's because their policies, and that's where the benefit a broker can bring because we understand the different policies of different lenders and can say, look, they don't like that sort of person. You need to go somewhere else, you know? And there's unwritten rules often that they might not want you to know, but we know from experience. Or hopefully they are written and they're quite clear and we can help you, guide you through that. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that a lot of people don't know, and this is where you come unstuck when you go down that path of going to the bank and they turn you down, then you have to go to someone else, is that then goes on your credit file. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. And that's yeah. another benefit that I really see with working with a broker is that um, that broker, if, if, if they're decent, will look after your credit file by making sure that you meet the criteria before you get there. Yes. That's your view, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, everyone should check their own credit file by going to mycreditfile.com.au. So on that, that's run by the Equifax group from America um, who absorbed Vader, who were blah, blah, whatever. However, um, a client of mine recently had a loan approved and received a, a spam email which she didn't realise. And she asked me, oh, I've received this and it says it reports to be from the lender and says check here to check your credit status. Very, so be warned people, if you get an approval through and then you get something that asks you to click through something to check your credit, be warned that's a spam email. So how, what are they doing? Are they tapping into the... I don't know. I, I, this, I, I can't, we checked our systems and our aggregator who monitors our software and says, said it didn't come, you know, that nothing is leaked from us. But we're not sure, maybe the conveyances, because I know in, in uh, the ACT they've had some, someone had a um, conveyances email intercepted and they directed that the 400 grand, whatever, got deposited into some spammer's account. Which well, is that happened to one of our students. And she, oh. she's now my JV partner, to be honest. Oh. What had happened, they had, she had done this project with someone and the um, deposit was to come from the real estate agent back into her account. And this crooks intercepted that email where she gave them the bank details and changed it to their bank details. But it was really fortunate because apparently normally they um, will use a new bank account every time. Yes. Time they use one that they'd used before and the bank quarantined it. Oh. <sighs> Otherwise, she would have lost about 60 grand. Wow. Well, these people lost 400. So. Whoa. Yeah. So. That's why at settlement, we actually usually advise people to put it in the account where the bank, where you're actually getting the loan from so they can actually complete the transfer for you. Yes, but with the deposit goes into a trust account with the agent, mm. you've got to... So we, we make a policy, don't give bank details via email. You know, mm. ring them up or do it by snail mail. Yep. Well, and we always use a portal for our bank statement. Oh, yeah. Yep. So we, we're very concerned about that too because people are sending all manner of stuff. Oh, I love it. And a client recently just handed his password as well. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want any of that. He goes, oh, I trust you. I said, of course you trust me, but I, I still don't want your password. Yeah. So it was yeah. so funny. It's so yeah. gorgeous. But anyway. Yeah. The other thing we need to address is the fact that the broker's commission structure doesn't really work for renovators that are buying and selling in the same year. No, that's so true. And right. so if someone came to me and said, look, I'm going to do a flip, we are clawed back within any loan with, that has changed within generally two years. So if the loan is rewritten within two years, then we don't get paid. And I don't know how any of you would feel, but working for nothing is not my game and it's not fair. But I understand from the lender's point of view because they're not making money either. So it's, you know, and it's all very well for people to say, oh, yeah, but, you know, I'm allowed to do this and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe you just need to pay for it. So, <laughs> yeah. I, 
it's yeah. different. You could get a line of credit uh, possibility against the equity in your own home. It depends how much you need to buy. Exactly. But the other thing on the flipping thing, so I get it. If anyone comes to me and says, oh, we're flipping, then we're going to have to charge you because it's crazy, you know? And uh, sometimes I'll refer them back to their own lender and say, look, why don't you ask them first? Because they've already made money from you and they might be happier to do it. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. However, you know, flipping as a strategy, I generally find people don't make money flipping. I don't. I know, Bernadette, you probably, you know. <laughs> I, look, I we do, but I. Oh, really, you are clever, though. You are I very clever. Really discourage our students from doing it because it's a really short-sighted strategy, and it's just like a job. Oh, how right you are! Yeah. yeah. Like the, the project I did with Hannah, there was no way we, we could have done that any other way. And from my point of view, I would prefer not to be flipping at all because it's also the highest risk and plenty of people do lose money on it. So, yeah. And, some, and the property is very forgiving. If you hold long enough, generally you'll make money. It's just people often sell the year before then the market goes up in their area. It yeah, happens absolutely. all the time. I know. Oh, God. Yesterday, I was talking to this young woman. Actually, I met her. She actually stayed in one of our projects. We had it on Airbnb when it was finished. You remember the charity project we did? Oh, yes. You were a ripper on that. And she said, there you go. There's a good application for flipping. Yeah, well, yeah but you're very clever. No. Not, not everyone does it like you. And the other thing is you need to have all your trades lined up. You need to know who you're using, what you're doing, yeah. you know. It's yeah. not something you just wake up tomorrow and go, oh, good, I'm going to do that. And that's why, Bernadette, I'm coming to you <laughs> later this year. Because, you, awesome. awesome. you know, she went to one of these bloody property things and they advised her to sell one of these positive property, positive cash flow things. Right. I'm all for positive cash flow. They advised her to sell her house in Melbourne <gasps> and buy apartments in you know out in the whoop whoops in Queensland and here and there no. so she did that and you know what happened don't you oh my god the Melbourne you think her place in Melbourne doubled in a very short amount of time but she'd sold it so she didn't benefit it and these lemons have just done nothing of course well and, a fall in their money will be parted. I, I find that a really insane. How could you not ask, where are people making their money? That's what you should be asking. How are people making money off you in this transaction? Oh, they're getting a great big fat kickback from those apartments they're selling. Hello, don't go there. I'm not sure that they're off the plan. Maybe they were. I'm not sure. But, and yeah. It sounds inevitable. So sad. But you know what? Someone that's not educated, hence that's what we do. Like they're really that's why we're here. Yeah, yeah, they're really relying on people that they think are the authority. And yeah, well, that's the other thing. Advice that they think uh, free advice is often they 
you know, perpetrate as educators, but they're not educators at all. Yeah. So, they, and when people actually say, I'm going to charge you for this because my advice is valuable, then maybe you should take notice of that. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I really agree with that. And in actual fact, our policy with our students is if you're flipping and you need to work with a mortgage broker, mostly they need to work with a mortgage broker because they're challenged in terms of getting finance. Yes. Have to pay for it because you're better. Thank you. We appreciate that. (laughs) I know it just makes sense. Yeah, it's better to do that and get someone who's going to look after your interests than the alternative. Yeah, well, it was like I was doing a loan for a client recently who's aged, older aged, and uh, one we it was for an investment, but you know, the banks make it difficult for that sort of thing yeah. at the moment anyway we got it through and he goes that was all incredibly painless I go, that was because you didn't see all the stuff <laughs> that i was doing in the background to justify your very excellent lending <laughs> all paddling underwater yeah that's what it was and i said i'm really glad you found that so painless because it certainly wasn't from my side <laughs> but anyway that's okay that's why we're here anyway Okay, so is there anything else that we should talk about? No, I say just come and ask the questions. I never mind seeing people early too if they want to set up a plan for 12 months, you know, or they think they want to do something and they don't know how to how to structure themselves or get organised with their lending early. Please yes. do that before you go rushing to realestate.com oh, or yes. anything. Absolutely. Come and get, get a plan in place. Then I don't care. They come back after 12 months and then we get them sorted, you know, and they already know the rules around that what apply to lending. So what are your three top tips? This is the last oh, one. Keep your accounts clean. So if you're going for a loan with, uh, within three months, spend little, keep them always in the black, cut out any afterpay, get rid of any unnecessary credit cards, Don't do car loans unless you really get some benefit from work or you're self-employed. Don't do loans for the sake of it. All those sort of things. It's all good common sense that just applies. Yeah, beautiful. So, Louise, lastly, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Please go to www.propertyed.com. So, propertyed.com. Perfect. Well, thank you and lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. See you later, Louise. Thanks so much, Bernie. See you soon. Take care. Bye. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.